Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR. IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure to check out greatlakesdragway.com for your 2018 season passes. It's a little chilly this weekend, but temperatures are on the rise. And they will be, and they could be actually racing today out at Great Lakes Dragway. And don't forget to visit davidhobbshonda.com. Check out all the latest in new and used cars at David Hobbs Honda, 6100 North Green Bay Avenue. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Eddie Lapine from Racing Nation joining us from Long Beach. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Hey, Steve. Hi, Jeff. How are you guys doing today? Well, right. thanks, thanks for joining us. Uh, of course, we were going to have you on the show last week, and unfortunately uh, we got you at a bad time because you were – driving the high banks at Daytona. Tell the listeners what you were doing real quick. I was uh, racing the, the champ car race, the 14-hour champ car race at Daytona last week. No, that's was, not uh, it. Now Now they're thinking, wait, champ car? What, 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 wait, an Indy car at Daytona? Well, it it's a really cool series. Give a background on the series that used to be called Chump Car. Now it's called Champ Car because it right. is a neat Quickly, series. Quickly, the, the Chump Car series has evolved into it's evolving into something bigger. It's, it's now the champ car series. And, uh, I mean, Randy Popes was there racing. Tommy Burns was there racing. I mean, and it's an endurance race. It was a 14 hour race at Daytona last weekend. And there was 128 cars that started the race. And, and uh, well, what's cool about this is that it's, it's really almost, you could say stock cars in a way, but these are kind of, you were in a BMW 3 Series, but has a roll cage in it, right, and all the safety equipment, but it's basically a, a stock car, isn't it? Yeah, that's the great thing about this series is, you know, you basically run what you brung, and uh, it, it's great to get track time and seat time at tracks, and I, I would highly recommend it for young drivers because I don't think you can get more seat time than I got last weekend. Yeah, I think you what you got two two and a half hours, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, and and we actually ended up finishing twenty uh, first, and uh, it was a great run. We had uh, Mr. King, who was a vintage racer, and uh, he was just on his game. I mean, he did like six hours, and he was phenomenal in the car. So it was a, it's a small budget team out of uh, Winter Garden, Florida, and. Move over racing, and they had two BMW 
three series cars and just a great group of guys. We had a great time. Definitely. That's pretty cool. Uh, of course, last week also we had an IndyCar race out at Phoenix and, uh, it's always good to see the Indy cars on the oval and, uh, yeah, it was a, a better race than last year. Last year was kind of a snooze of a race, but, uh, this year, uh, pretty, pretty decent race. He had a pass for, or pass for the lead in the last, I think it was 20 laps or so with jo Joseph Newgarden, uh, team Penske, uh, making a late pass. So, so what did you think of the race, Eddie? Well, I think it was awesome. I mean, uh, this Robert Wickens, I think everybody is just, uh, they're, they can't believe where he came from and what he's done in the first two races of the season. It seems, he's yeah, incredible. I mean, definitely. And I tell you what, it's one thing to come out of St. Pete. You're thinking, okay, this kid drives a lot of road courses. He comes from the DTM series in Germany and that, and it's gone through some of the lower formula open wheel stuff. But you're thinking, okay, street race, uh, new car, you know, okay, everybody's on a more kind of more level playing field, you know, okay, we, we understand that. But then you go out to Phoenix, you know, first time on an oval, this kid's qualifies, you know, up front, and then he's he's running up front most of the race. You're thinking, whoa, there's something going on here, don't you? It's kind of shades of uh, Nigel Mansell. That's what uh, I was thinking the same over. thing. It sounds ridiculous. Come on, real Robert Wickens, Nigel Mansell, you know, world champion and all that. But it does uh, kind of in, in a way. I mean, when, when he was running good at uh, at St. Pete, I was thinking, ah, he's kind of like, a, you know, like Dario. Because uh, Dario Franchitti came up through the, the, the sedans of Europe, DTM and that with the Mercedes team. And then, so you're thinking there's kind of a parallel with him and Wickens. But when he... When, <laughs> He did so well at Phoenix right off the bat. Yeah, it was weird, but I was kind of thinking the same thing. Wow, well, this I'll tell guy's you like what, Mansell. What total, totally impressed me was just at St. Pete. I mean, he made no mistakes. I mean, the only mistake he made was just that last restart. There was right. just a little, maybe a wheel spin, and then Rossi, you know, I mean, that, you know, it wiped his whole race out, and but other than that, the whole race, I mean, you're talking about a guy that's not used to making pit stops. I mean, everything was on the money. And now you go to the ovals, and he's hooked up. And it, part of it's the Sam Schmidt total revamp on engineering and all the new people involved in Sam Schmidt racing. And one of them is a sports car engineer, Lena Gage. She's won Le Mans 24-hour race, uh, and she's an engineer on the car now. And uh, I think that's the big change with them. And bringing him there, I think they just clicked. That's all I can see. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Joseph Newgarden uh, made the pass with a few couple laps to go at that last restart passing Wickens. Uh, Alexander Rossi, who came back from a pit road penalty, as did uh, Sebastian Bourdais, but uh, with uh, some strategies and, and whatnot, uh, Rossi was able to work his way up to third place. Uh, oh, it, Rossi. Rossi had a great run, too. I yeah. mean, it was a very exciting race. There was a lot going on, and uh, I think, it's all part of the new car and, and then everybody getting a handle on it. But the kid Wickens, uh, 
we'll see what happens this weekend at Long Beach. But mm-hmm. if if he's back up front again, I think they're going to have somebody to deal with all year. Oh, I think, I think so. He's going to be a total contender. Yeah, it's pretty interesting to see uh, Pietro Fittipaldi in the race too. Who he, I mean, he qualified tenth. Unfortunately, had an issue later in the race and made some contact. But uh, Fittipaldi, you know, he was looking good for a while there. Um, although the results don't really show it at the end. Tony Kanan was running well with AJ Foyt Racing, who finished eighth. Of course, Wickens' teammate uh, Hinchcliffe uh, faded a little bit at the end to finish sixth. But uh, yeah, the you, you got the. Uh, uh, Andretti cars finishing third and and fifth with Ryan Hunter finishing uh, uh, fifth and boy quite quite the, and of course Dixon too Scott Dixon worked his way up looked uh, crappy in the first part of the race but eventually he fixed his car and and worked his way up to finish fourth but that start by uh, Ryan Hunter Ray that was that was something to see at the beginning wasn't it Oh I mean the whole race there was something going on. The whole race, it was a very exciting, and, and I hope it really rolls over down the season now with, you know, the fans grasping a hold of the series and, you know, with the new car and, and you know, the momentum for Indy and stuff. And then, uh, of course, yeah, the, this weekend with Long Beach. Uh, what, what's some of the memories that, 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 that you think of with Long Beach? Well, I mean, I, I always think about Mario Andretti and, in the Lotus, you know, back in the day. You're and going way back. Bill Villeneuve and, you know, I mean, the Formula One in the 70s. And, you know, I mean, that's what I remember about Long Beach. And, you know, it's evolved into a great, I mean, this event is just, it gets, you don't think it could get any better or any bigger, but they do it every year. They just do an unbelievable job. I mean, this is, I know I've written about it, and I've told a lot of people that this is something that you need to put on your bucket list because it's an event that is one of a kind. It's it's. I think it's better than Indy, to be honest. This is uh, there's just so much going on for everybody. It really is kind of an India of the West because uh, there if you if you do all the parties and whatnot. Uh, that weekend it is pretty special i always loved uh well it's interesting to know the background of the long beach grand prix which first started in 1975 and it was a way kind of to revitalize which at the time was kind of a you know armpit of the la area a very industrial area you had the port right there and uh, they were looking for a way to revitalize the downtown area and they had to race in the fall in 1975 and Brian Redman always tells an interesting story. He was running there in a Formula 5000 car, and there was a nursing home, kind of a nursing home, old age home, right kind of behind the pit area. <laughs> That's how close they were. And he's there's during a practice session, and uh, <laughs> this old lady kind of walked up into his pit box, and she's looking at everything, kind of taking it all in. And he gets out of the car, walks over there, and... He goes, oh, hello, and she goes, wow, so there's people in these cars. He goes, <laughs> yes, ma'am, there is. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's changed a little bit over the years. Oh, yes. It certainly but, I has. Mean, there's, something for, there's something for everybody out here. I yeah. mean, from concerts to drifting, 
uh, to IndyCar sports cars. Pirelli Challenge is here, so it's. We're we're it's we're talking. You got to come and see. We're talking about Ed, Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com and. Uh, Great Midwest Bank Hotline. I tell you what, let's talk a little bit more about some of the other series that's racing out there this weekend. We'll also touch on, on Formula One racing on the next segment here with Eddie Lapine. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. I believe, if, I'm, if my ears are correct, you used the word head after the race concerning Max Verstappen and the overtake and the contact. Is that correct? Can I, can I answer that question? Yeah. I think it's, it's not fair. You know, I don't know what Lewis did. I'm sure he didn't. Uh, you, know, I, I, you know, we've all been in that situation. We fight someone and we, you know, we go sometimes wheel to wheel and it's close and, you know, you have a lot of adrenaline going. Do you think comparing to football, if you have a microphone on a football's mouth, football player's mouth, that everything he says is something nice and is a nice message when the guy tackles him and maybe sometimes he fouls him or not. So I don't think it's justified to give us this kind of questions and making up a story out of nothing. If we're just racing and we're full of adrenaline and sometimes, you know, we say these things. I mean, if I hit you in your face, you're not going to tell me, oh, Sebastian, that wasn't nice. You know, it's a human reaction. And sometimes I feel it's all a bit blown up and artificial if we have these questions trying to make a story out of nothing. So it's not personal. Don't take it personal. But I think we should just cut it right there. Bravo, Sebastian Vettel. I am just so sick of people, when, 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 whether it's racing, any type of sports thing, whatever, if there's an F-bomb dropped, or something that's inadvertently, and they got, oh, we apologize for the language. It's part of having live coverage. Things happen. And you move on. You know, if you don't like it, that's fine. But if you're that much offended at it, don't watch any live TV then. Just go ahead and watch your Disney tapes. That's the human emotion that everybody complains about, like with football, with Bill Belichick. He's such a robot. He never shows any emotion. You finally get emotion. You know, you get emotion out of race car drivers driving 200 miles an hour door to door or wheel to wheel. And, you know, this is what you get. It's great. How could you not love it? Well, I think you're totally right. I think, you know, it's like it's the only sport you can go. You can't go on the football field. You know, it's just like when the fans are in the pits and something happens on the track and the driver's out of the race. And it's like the fans are right there in the middle of it. And, you know, you're going to get that reaction. I mean, these guys are, they're going for it. And something happens and, you know, you're it's just inevitable. And I think he handled it. Super. Yeah, I thought I, I, I thought it was great. Done a better job. Yeah, I, I I remember you know my dad used to take race movies at at State Fair Park, and the perfect example of this was Don White. Don White was about five foot seven, hundred and fifty pounds, dark hair, a little dynamo guy, but when he was in a race car, a stock car, he'd come into the pits. He was yelling at his pit crew from the <laughs> time he stopped until he sped off. You effing guys, let's go. Let's hurry up. He was shouting, pointing, yelling, screaming. 
just a totally different guy. And, you know, another example is Kimi Rackinen. Then, you know, these guys, when you get behind a wheel of a car, they become a totally different person. Because if you met Don White, you're thinking, is that the same guy I actually saw? Or a guy like Lloyd Ruby, who used to be an old IndyCar driver from Oklahoma in the Texas Panhandle area, he would talk like this, and you're thinking, but he he would get behind a race a wheel of a race car. He was one of the best chargers out there. Guy would take no prisoners, but outside of a race car, you would n- never guessed he was a race car driver. But I thought Vettel brought up a good point. These guys are all full of adrenaline. And they're going to say stuff. So be it. But anyways, Eddie, what, what did you think of the race coverage? Oh, I think uh, they still have some room for improvement. I, I'm kind of biased. I definitely miss David Hobbs and Steve Matchett and Leaf. I think I, I've just grown with their coverage, I think. And so have the fans have grown with them doing the coverage. And I think it, right now they're going to be at a standstill uh, with fans because yeah. we've gotten so comfortable in the last few years. Of I, having yeah, I think you're right. I think we've gotten spoiled. I thought we, we had David on last week, and I was surprised. You know, I just kind of left the door open for him to make a commentary on it. And, you know, he says, you know, I, I, I've, been in, I've been doing this for 41 years. But I wanted to go out on my terms and and basically saying he had another year left. He wanted to do one more year. And I thought that was pretty interesting, you know, and he's in his upper 70s, but you would never guess it. Looking at him, he's in great shape. He keeps a busy schedule. I mean, just this week alone, he's was in Pennsylvania in the first part of the week doing a thing with Lee Diffie, Steve Matchett, and Mario Andretti in Pennsylvania at a playhouse doing like their F1 thing that they do. And then he was flying out to Long Beach for to sell books at, at the Long Beach Grand Prix this weekend. So yeah, he's keeping, a you know, he's jetting from one side of the country to the other, keeping busy, going to dinners and whatnot. So, yeah, he's. I thought that was kind of interesting. But the race itself, Vettel, you know, Vettel, once again, uh, out, they out-strategized Mercedes, didn't they, Eddie? Well, I think it was just amazing that, you know, Sebastian just kept those tires under. I mean, if it would have mm-hmm. been one more lap, uh, Mr. Botas would have definitely passed him. Uh, he he drove the wheels off that car and kept it just enough to, to finish it. And it was unfortunate uh, they were trying to split the strategy with Kimmy, and uh, they had that mishap in the pits, which I, I just I feel so bad for Kimmy Raikkonen because he just cannot get a break. It's like whenever thing, when something goes wrong, it's always with his car or with the situation in the pit lane. So I just hope they get that act together. The poor a mechanic that got run over. That was that ugly. Pit stop. Yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. So I mean, hopefully they can move forward on that. But Ferrari looks like they really have done their work for this year so far. Yeah, it really has, you know, and, and it's impressive. Um, and plus you have, you know, um, to the Toro Rosso team finishing fourth. I mean, that that, that was wow, quite a surprise. I, I basically, I, I, I said, watch out for this guy a few years ago. Pierre Gasly. And, uh, I actually posted a, yeah, Pierre Gasly. I posted a picture um he was at the Formula E race last year, and I chatted with him for a while, and he's just a great kid. It was so good to see 
the energy that that team well deserves. They work so hard, and you know, to get that Honda engine in the beginning of the year and and to do that good. I mean, it was like a win for them. It certainly was, and of course, uh, we're talking with Eddie Lapine. Uh, from RacingNation.com and the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. You're, of course, in Long Beach this weekend. And, uh, of course, you got the WeatherTech IMSA series out there. And the prototype's been pretty interesting. We got uh, uh, we had Cadillac winning in Daytona, Nissan winning in Sebring. And uh, who, who do you think uh, could come out ahead uh, this weekend? Well, I kind of think it, it might be Mr. Penske's turn. I mean, I think, you know, the Acura, they're – they're very fast. They showed potential. This is a lot shorter of a race than Sebring and, you know, Helio Castro Neves and, and Juan Pablo Montoya and Jordan. I mean, they've, they've all won here. So I think, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you could see them, uh, in the front possibly winning. And of course, and of course we have, uh, not only that, but you got the stadium uh, super trucks going to be out there. Matthew Brabham will be running out there with Robbie Gordon's group. They're always exciting. And then we have the GT Le Mans series with uh, that's been a pretty epic fight between Porsche and Ford and the Ford uh, GT, isn't it? Yes, definitely. I mean, you know, they've both split the big races, and I think now Corvette has just kind of owned this race out here. So I. Wouldn't be surprised to see them in the mix. I think it's going to be a very exciting race. It's a very tough schedule for them because they'll be on track Friday morning practicing Mm -hmm. first in the morning, and then they qualify at 6 o'clock in the afternoon and then race at 2 o'clock the next day. So, I mean, it's pretty tough. Yeah, We're we're running up against time here, Eddie. Real quick, uh, let's get a prediction for the NASCAR race at Bristol for the Cup Series. Well, I think it's going to turn... To Kyle Busch, I, I think I'm going to have to go with Kyle Busch because right, I think a good pick. he just gets a little momentum after yeah. last week. And then how about Indy cars in Long Beach? I'm going to go with Wickens. I mean, Wickens, why not? Yeah. Just, yeah, I think he's just impressed me so much that I wouldn't be surprised to see him right up there again. All right, Eddie, we always appreciate your time, and uh, make sure to check out uh, his stuff at RacingNation.com. Eddie Lapine, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great weekend. You're listening to Eddie Lapine, and when we come back, we're going to hear from, of course, Dennis Michelson and Laurie Monroe from Race Talk Radio as they get us caught up a little bit more in the world of NASCAR. And I heard they might be a little, a little spicy this weekend, so it'll be interesting to see what that's about. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Now it's time for NASCAR Chat with Dennis Michelson and Lori Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. He's bounding down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? This is Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. He's How you doing, everybody? Dennis Michelson and Lori Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. That means it's time to go in-depth with your NASCAR talk on the final inspection. And Lori Monroe, the race at Texas Motor Speedway last weekend, I was actually entertained, but I'm also confused because I thought I knew what a penalty was 
for an uncontrolled tire, but now I'm not sure. I know, and I think there's a lot of people that were left scratching their heads as well. It just it just didn't look good the way it was all tidied up around the Kevin Harvick crowd. But you know, I it's like with the, between loose tires, air guns that don't work, and that a big wad up of really decent cars that took a lot of them out of contention. It really turned into an interesting race because there was all this stuff going on. Now, NASCAR has always had, I guess I'd call it a selective rule problem. You know, if you really ticked off NASCAR, your technical inspection was going to be a lot worse than the guy before you and after you. That was just a little bit of street justice racing style that happens at every short track across the country each and every weekend. But NASCAR got away from that and tried to basically add technology so the balls and strike calls wouldn't be there. They wanted to make sure that a single team would be officiated the same as another team down the road of pit road, even because they had different different uh, NASCAR officials in the pit. It didn't matter. So they add this eye-in-the-sky technology And it seems to me they've blown more calls in the last two years than they have in 20 years combined with the old-style NASCAR officials. What's going on? Well, I think they should just fall back to what they have counted on in the last few years, and that's just the fans. Just dial up old (laughs) Mildred and ask what she saw in her rabbit ears, and you know that's probably a better account of, of what actually happened. That might be a better idea, but wouldn't she have a problem with her vertical hold? Well, you know, Mildred. Yeah, probably. All right. So I've got a theory, and I want you to put the theory to rest, or I want you to confirm my theory. Oh, jeez. I know. Here we go. All right. So NASCAR is not happy with races being won by large margins. And my contention, my theory is that the lack of a Kevin Harvick penalty was actually done on purpose because they were afraid that Kyle Busch would run away with the race. Tell me that I'm wrong or surprise me and tell me that I might be right. Well, at this point, I think you could, you could, you're, you're wrong and you're right. I don't see why somebody watching this wouldn't assume the same thing anyway, because we know Kyle Busch out front, if he's doing well, he's going to stink up the show. And who's his competition? Like I said earlier, half the good cars in the field got, uh, got rode off, you know, in the first part of the race, who was his competition? It was Kevin Harvick. And what happens when they penalize Kevin Harvick, what's going to happen there? He's got no competition. So yeah, I, I really like where you went with that because you know, you can sort of think about it. When somebody else starts talking about it, it almost makes it real. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. They needed they needed a they needed a close finish, or at least a closer finish than they would have had. And when Chris Boucher is battling Jimmy Johnson for 14th place most of the race, you know Jimmy Johnson and the rest of the Hendrick cars are not going to be able to step up and be stiff competition for Kyle Busch. Had they penalized Harvick, that would have been another race decided by more than 10 seconds. Yeah, and and talking about Hendrick Motorsports, when you've got William Byron as the the guy 
running up front representing Hendrick Motorsports. I just don't know what's going on with the rest. Sure, they had some incidents on the track, but still, William Byron seems to be the guy, you know, holding everything together there. How the heck's that going on? Is this because of the new nose on the Chevys to almost try to make it look like a Camaro? I mean, that's the slowest Camaro I've ever seen. Yeah, I just don't know. I really don't know. Maybe maybe you're right, and maybe William Byron being so green coming into the Cup Series, he's got nothing to really base the feel of the car on, and he's just going with what he's got, and he's the guy staying out of trouble, and he's the guy running up front for them. It's got to be miserable at GM on a Monday when you're trying to explain in a PR release how your Camaro got beat by a Camry, the world's most boring car, <laughs> or by a Ford Fusion, for <sighs> crying out loud. I mean, it's just, oh, I'm just, I'm just at a loss for words. I don't know. When, when a Ford sedan and the world's most boring Toyota Camry car are the ones kicking your Camaro's butt, Whoever decided that they would race the Camaro in NASCAR, that person's got to get fired soon. Well, what else do they have to race? That's the whole thing. Like, aside from the Chevy pickup truck, what else do they have that's cool right now? Actually, that's a great idea. Let's just race a race a uh, the pickup truck nose in in the NASCAR Cup Series. I'm I'm all for that. But are we seeing the beginning of the end? of Jimmy Johnson's career. I'm very worried about this guy. You know, it's possible because nobody stays on top forever. And things within teams change, technology changes, people's priorities change. And you've seen it with other drivers in the past. You see them sort of just fall back a bit and you think, oh, he's just off for a couple of weeks and and they never come back. So there is an expiration date on everybody including Jimmy Johnson, but whether it's happening now or not, I just don't know. I, I'd hate to say that it is, but uh, all we have is time to figure this out. Time will tell. Also from the Hendrick camp, and again, I need a little help understanding this one because Chase Elliott's team had an issue in inspection that they're getting penalized. It was that magical rear window support brace that they got caught with a problem there. Now, when Harvick's team got caught with that in a winning case, they lost their car chief. Why is the crew chief, Alan Gustafson, being sent home now from Chase Elliott's team for what appears to be the same infraction? (sighs) You tell me. It just seems to be things... I'm sure there is a logical explanation. What I don't understand, not so much the penalty, what I don't understand is how all of a sudden it's like, well, no one's ever thought of this before. Let's see if we can have one of these braces collapse under pressure. What What are these guys thinking? Has it, Have we not just been down this road two weeks ago with another team? Why all of a sudden is this like pulling a rabbit out of a hat and thinking that they're not going to get caught? This is what I don't get. I think they were trying to blame it on cheap Chinese window braces or something. That could be. Could be. Well, folks, it is time for us to take a little break, but we'll be back with more NASCAR talk. You're listening to the Final Inspection, 105.7 FM, The Fan. 
Now it's time for NASCAR Chat with Dennis Michelson and Lori Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. He's pounding down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can be done? This is Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection, 105.7 FM, The Fan. Dennis and Lori in a Saturday afternoon talking NASCAR and Lori Monroe, good news for the guys down in Daytona. They can put the Tums away for a little while because Monster Energy has finally renewed their contract. But guess what? Only one more year, 2019. I'm a little bit worried that they're just buying themselves another year and they're going to be looking for a sponsor very soon again. Yeah, it's almost like NASCAR's on probation with Monster. We'll just give you a little bit more time just to prove yourself, and then we'll see what happens. You know, it's just a weird feeling. But, you know, the good news is that they are on for another year, but it does make things just – it's just a sense of uncertainty that you just don't like. I can't imagine how they do feel at Daytona Beach, but, you know, at least they're still hanging on. And they tried to spin this. The PR guys at NASCAR, I heard an interview with one of them, and they tried to spin this, that this was a great thing, that it was only one year, because it gives us all a chance to recalibrate our promotion for NASCAR and Monster Energy. They've been doing this a whole year and a half now. I don't know if they need a whole bunch of recalibration. No, I think that's just a that's just a feel good excuse for people who are shaking in their boots. Also in the NASCAR news this week, and I heard this one, and I thought that the Onion was covering NASCAR when I heard that they're thinking about using restrictor plates at the All Star race at Charlotte. Mm-hmm. This might be the dumbest thing I've seen NASCAR do in recent years, and. Boy, that bar is getting harder to to cross each and every time they do something stupid. Well, not only a plate at Charlotte, but they'll probably make them run the road course as well. How stupid can any of this get? Yeah, put restrictor plates on and make them run the road course backwards while wearing a clown suit. Yeah. I mean, why not? At this point, you've turned it into a joke of a race anyway. I know. The thing is, they don't have Humpy Wheeler there anymore to sort of guide them into something cool anymore. That's the sad part. Yeah, I miss the dice. I miss the big wheel. I miss all of those crazy, humpy things that used to make it fun. I know. That's the sad thing. I miss them, too. Maybe we need to bring Humpy out of retirement, and instead of having him run Charlotte, let him run NASCAR for about five years and see what happens. I'll tell you. That would be the best thing going with with his brain and the things that he can think up. The, the, the class promoter that he is. Would NASCAR not benefit from this? People want fun. People want new, fun stuff. We're not getting it with Monster. I'm sorry. Monster, you know, bring all the motorcycles and dancing girls that you want. Nothing beats Robosaurus. Nothing beats reenactment of Civil War uh, stuff. It it just it just doesn't get any better than what Humpy used to do. And here's the thing. If all of a sudden 
they announced that they're bringing Humpy Wheeler back as a special consultant. Even if he didn't do a single thing, it would make the old school NASCAR fans, who quite frankly I think are starting to abandon the sport, take notice and say, hey, NASCAR's trying something. I know. Maybe we could get him uh, rebuilding these uh, these air guns as well. Maybe Humpy's got a secret talent with that. Or just go back to a you know an old uh, tire iron and let him have it. You know, that's maybe that's what we need to do. Yep, the four-way wrench. You don't have to worry about a failure there. No, and and it comes in handy in case there's a fight in the pits too. You can swing that sucker around. This is true. Also, Maybe this is what Stephen Wallace needs next time. <laughs> that was a crazy video. Oh, yeah. Pretty frightening, I'll tell you. I think that kid has a chance to be a pretty decent WWE wrestler because he certainly doesn't have the talent on the track. Well, I think he'd make a really good stand-in for the Incredible Hulk because he gets this stance going where he's just sort of like this big, huge man of steel. And nothing can knock him down unless he's walking backwards and trips over the tongue of something. But he just sort of takes on this whole other persona, like he just glazes over. Just kind of cool to watch. As long as nobody tries to steal his watch, he's in good shape. (laughs) Also in the NASCAR (laughs) news, Daniel Suarez has been cleared to race at Bristol He injured his thumb at Texas, but he's been given the green light. That's pretty good news because I'm not so sure who they would have to replace him. I know. And all the people who used to laugh at Danica for letting go of her steering wheel when she got in a wreck. This is why. This is why. That's what you do when you have a wreck. Yep. Uh crazy also also in the nascar news good news for richard petty motorsports we'll see a familiar color on a gold number 43 at Bristol motor speedway because stp is going to be on the car this week yeah and i think uh, bubba wallace has been doing backflips over this to bring back this stp colors i think you think that's awesome i've seen pictures of the car it looks fantastic bristol is just what we need right now the way the season has been sort of okay but not great we need bristol excitement we need bristol baby but i'm hoping we don't need rain gear for sunday it's looking like we might have a sunday night race this week well i wouldn't uh i wouldn't i wouldn't not watch a bristol night race i don't care what time of year it is bring it on Do we need more short tracks back in NASCAR? Is that what this sport is missing? Well, yeah, absolutely. You got to have more short tracks back. We need it. We're missing them. Please, 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 because we just can't take any more of this long drawn out stuff. No, the long drawn out stuff just hasn't been cutting it lately. The clean air Uh, has been the king at these one-and-a-half-mile tracks. Not so sure how a restrictor plate's going to solve that, but there is nothing like short track racing and nothing like good old Bristol. So, Laurie Monroe, who is your pick to get the win this week at Bristol Motor Speedway? Um, I'm going to keep it with Kyle Busch. That's a great pick. 
That is really a good pick this week. Yeah. I'm going out on a limb. I'm picking a long shot. The guy hasn't been doing much at all this year. Okay, so I'm just going with the chalk. I'm taking Kevin Harvick. I'm going to pick Kevin Harvick every week until he proves to me that he's not the best car in the field. Good stuff. Good pick. So there's your picks for Bristol Motor Speedway. Short track racing at its best. Thanks for tuning in today to the Final Inspections NASCAR segment right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.